Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Talking City podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host today, Ash Barami, and I am always pleased to be joined by Rich Fair. Hello. Nice, thanks for having me. And Simon Bykowski. Hello. How are we both doing? Both very giggly and smiling. Yeah, 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 very well. We've just discovered some new uh, buttons to make the podcast even better. Can we press yeah. on them now? Can no, please don't. We well, got- can, but it's not going to actually pick up anything. Oh, okay. Basically, we've got this new uh, docking system for the podcast and there are now sort of shortcut, shortcut buttons you can press to get canned yeah. laughter and cheers and yeah. a very mysterious UFO sort of noise. There's also an <laughs> intro there with the red button, but we're not going to press it today. Never oh. press maybe, maybe for another episode we'll the have it as an intro. Yeah, getting but better and better this podcast. It is, isn't it? Next time, next will be the mics and the walls so we don't yes. have people from the outside interfering. And then the quality of what we talk about. Yes. That'll be be last on Last and least, yeah. (laughs) We'll get there in the end. We will. And only the first place we can start is the other night, Vincent Company's testimonial at the Etihad. Neither of you were there, but (laughs) we're going to speak about it anyway. We've both got excuses for not being there though. Si was at the under 21s in the checker trade and it was my birthday week so I went back home yeah, yeah. like I was, well, I was off work. Uh, it's not the check trade anymore it's leasing.com trophy yeah there's a weird situation where people are like stubbornly calling it the checker trade so they don't have to say leasing.com yeah who got loyal checker trade it. have done really well out of this yeah that's it's like the milk cup back in the day yeah the milk cup. It was, <laughs> that was always branding anyway yeah it's like a yeah nobody wants to say leasing.com or just or EFL Johnson trophy, trophy. Like, Payne. yeah um, Everyone remember, yeah, auto windscreens for me. Yeah. Oh, but. yeah. LDV advanced me because Wrexham won it. But I was going to say, it's similar to, and I, I, I might get this wrong now, it's when people say some, something was heard of the Tannoy, because Tannoy is actually a brand of PA system. Oh. So I'm pretty sure, someone will get me up on that, but I'm pretty sure Tannoy. Like a Hoover made. and a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. It's just a colloquialism, the checker yeah. trade. But anyway. I like the I like the way it's said as well, checker trade. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but yeah. Do you like the way they sing it on... Trick or trade, trick or trade. <laughs> who we're not sponsored by, and who we're giving even more free publicity to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also undeniably cool. catchy. Yeah, but it's also, and don't get me, I've got another catchy jingle, which I'm not going to sing. But um, it's annoying because there's the, the EFL Cup and the EFL Trophy. Yes. Which are both different competitions. Yes. That's what that Man City me. are in. Yeah. Yeah. So the EFL Cup is the Carabao. It's the Carabao. The, the EFL Trophy is, is the youth one. Leasing.com, yeah. God, close. Yeah. But yeah, great night at company testimonial, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually have some ideas on how they can make that competition better, but I think that's for another podcast. We'll, we'll save it when City <laughs> On which the, uh, the leasing.com or the... Leasing.com. Or testimonials. Yeah. 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 But no, I did watch clips of the testimonials. It's all seemed like a nice affair. It's nice to give company that a farewell, but it was more just about the sort of tackle for Manchester event anyway. It wasn't yeah. so much about Vincent Company. He's had his, uh, his memorial thingy at the... Uh, Memorial. <laughs> what, what do you call it? It's, it's, um, it's, it's like a mosaic of. It's mosaic, yeah. It's like a memorial. It's just. It's, a, uh, it's a permanent monument, shall we say? Yeah. And he said that himself, didn't yeah. he? He said, "How does it say to sort of say goodbye to city?" Yeah. Well, I'm a mank. Yeah. I'm, I'm never saying goodbye. It's sort of an open-ended sort of farewell. Yeah, and he also said, you know, his moment was against Leicester in the Premier League. You know, you, you're not going to top that moment. So, although it was quite sad and uh, quite sort of tragic comic that he was injured for his own testimonial. Um, he will be back next year as well. He will be back next year, we think. And 
it was more sort of an event to celebrate him and to uh, to raise a lot of money for a good cause and a really good crowd for it. Um, I know there was some sort of sniggering that they didn't get a full house, but there's sort of since been corrections. Well, they, they got more than a lot of United players got for their testimonials. So we, oh God, yeah. we shouldn't be talking about crowds, crowd sizes at all yeah, for yeah, these kind of Twitter things. That, yeah. I mean, who actually yeah. cares? About no. it's, a, it's a testimonial for the club's maybe greatest ever player. That's what the event's for. It's for Tackle for Manchester as well. It's about celebrating him. Who cares who turns up or how much it costs? It's a, it's a Tuesday night in the international break. Fans also, some fans need a break themselves from being able to go every week and paying extra money and stuff. And it's on TV as well. Yeah. It's not a high quality football match. You can't expect these fans who are paying for their season tickets to then fork out some more just to watch. Because let's face it, it's a, it's a non-event in terms of football. It's like a pre-season f- friendly. Yeah. This, this seat is giving me a few... <laughs> the back, I don't trust the back of this seat. I've no. had two jumpy moments in it, but... Oh, wow. Yeah, but nice to think because he has been there for so long, um, and sort of seen the club develop. That it was um, Martin Petrov and Benjani that got City's goals. Kind I of love- a, re- a reminder of where City were. Sort uh, yeah, of while I love, he was I love the club. that the team in general was like every stage of company. Because yeah, especially from a Welsh point, we've seen Bellamy and stuff. That's like that's yeah, when the money yeah. started. Sort of, you saw a bit more of it, and you all these great players and it's just it was a great sort of time capsule of how mm. far City have come and like you say you go from Benjani who was a cult hero then you've got Aguero like in terms of strikers City have come so far in a short space of time but like you say it was Benjani and the trademark celebration at the end as well <laughs> with Mika Richards behind him absolutely <laughs> loving it iconic <laughs> it was amazing that. yeah yeah. <laughs> but then again like you said it's those players mean just as much to City fans as, as the likes of the ones that you see yeah, every week now today absolutely. so it's fantastic for them as well to, to get to experience maybe the modern City as well and get to see the full house and and to be a part of it as well it was great to see and great from Vincent as well to to not just invite people he's played over the last few years and be as you'd expect of company it's going to be people from all of his time at the club yeah so you were about 30 miles away in Rochdale 12 and a half actually 12 and a half yeah I googled Ooh, it for my match I was actually going to google it but I thought I'd guess it and maybe see if I get it right but well let's if, it will be more than 12 and a half well if he does expenses and doubles it <laughs> journey yeah then, yeah and then, 30 when you put it through expenses <laughs> yes. 12 and a half on the podcast correct yeah that's how it works did you you were there City obviously one came out with a 2-0 win did you what what did you gain from that what did you see what did, did you, you see did you see any good youngsters on show? Yeah, I did. Um, it was a terrific performance. Um, it was, you would look at that performance. Now, Rochdale went viral a few weeks ago when someone tweeted, I can't tweet the whole, I can't say the whole thing because I was swearing him, but, you know, Rochdale scored a very good team goal and he said, are you telling me that Guardiola has not had an impact on English football? And it became very memed and tweets yeah. it, it went absolutely crazy but Rochdale good football team City absolutely bossed them City dominated them this team are like 16, 17, 18 year olds I think they gave up like six years on average to Rochdale and they just played their football you watched it and you thought that is a Man City team and uh, they were really good Jaden Braff looked particularly good um, who signed a contract extension Recently, Tommy Doyle captained the team. Uh, Taylor Howard Bellis at, in central defence. Who um, I was going to ask, how did he get on? Because obviously, City have that central defensive issue yeah, going on at the he, moment. He, he looked good. Um, he went off towards the end with a slight problem. It didn't look too serious, but um, yeah, he he's he, he did very very well. 
last year um, took every chance available to him and then caught the eye of Guardiola and his, his coaching staff in the summer. So he's he's an option for the first team um, for that. Um, I think, you know, there's an outside chance he could make the bench for the, the Carabao Cup game at Preston. Yeah. So promising, a very promising night, really. It's all, it's all destroying, isn't it? How good these youngsters are. Well, it, it really puts it, into it, how wasted are. It's, it's been a bit of a funny start for him because they were... The, the first game they were 3-1 up against Southampton with five minutes to play and they lost and they've had this thing for so long where they just play so well and then concede dreadful goals and just completely collapse and it looked a bit like you saw that result and you thought oh I'm not so sure about that but this was the first game this season where they just dominated from start to finish and got absolutely what they deserved from it so that bodes well for them going forward and also bodes well for these young lads who you know, playing against people that have already made it in the game and, and looked good, matched them. And it's the best way for players to develop as well. And I know there's lots of taboos about whether teams should have a youth team yeah. in the cup. And I must say, from a lower league fan point of view, I, I wouldn't ever want to see my team play one. But in terms of actually being a young player, that's how you develop. Because playing against other youth prodigies, playing like yeah. the Liverpool under-18s and whatever yourselves, you, you're not going to learn anything. But playing against some of the... Uh, more brutal and experienced pros of lower league football. That's how you actually get that physicality. And like you said, because some of the youngsters say they're not made out for playing in the Premier League. It's too physical for them and stuff, but you need to be playing these games. Might not all get a chance in the Carabao, but City going strong in the checker trade. <laughs> yeah, and I guess what some fans would, would ultimately want to know is, which is there any youngsters you see the other night that you maybe think, yeah, they are the most ready out of... Players on the pitch. I think how how Bellis certainly looks a very very good prospect at the back. Um, Tommy Doyle also pretty impressive. Um, in terms of potential, I think Ben Knight, who joined from Ipswich last summer, looks sort of very good. I'm not so sure on his best position yet, but he sort of he's got a lot of talent. And Jaden Braff, it was interesting because he played last year when uh, it was January beat Rochdale in the same competition and he came on as this sort of like waif of a 16 year old who sort of no one could pick up but he had loads of speed and it's incredible in the last eight months he's just he seems to have grown a foot in height and also bulked out and he looks like one hell of a prospect it was like watching a sort of mini Leroy Sane just absolutely bulldoze the right back again and again and again so that's like Rochdale's highest rated player yeah 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 he he was really good and he just got bullied by him and um, you know I'm I'm not saying he'll break through immediately but he's certainly a very different option that uh, that Guardiola can can call on if he needs someone who's just going to relentlessly attack the fullback um and you know scare them with with pace and skill so that was quite interesting to see yeah and obviously moving on to the weekend it's Norwich at Carrow Road there's a there is a bit of a defensive issue isn't there at centre back for Pep so you're looking at you look at John Stones he seems to be fit do you think this is now an opportunity for Stones to cement that place at centre half now make it his own after the company yeah 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 I mean company spoke to people in the mixed zone after his testimonial and said nothing but praise for Stones really 
says he's got everything he needs to be a great defender, but we've been saying this for three years. So We've seen it, though, in glimpses of both seasons, yeah. haven't we? He's always had a, a spell in both both title winning sides where he's been the main man almost at centre-back. I know Laporte sort of come along and took his limelight a bit, but particularly in that first title win under Pep, he, him and Otamendi were months yeah. until Christmas, really, weren't they? And then he had that... Was it an injury then? Christmas yeah, he's had, he's had two very good half-seasons, yeah. but not... Like together. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what he needs to do. Yeah. Company did say he wishes consistency for him and yeah. fitness and also on the pitch. Yeah, well, he, he didn't have a great time of things, sort of second half of last season. Yeah, and that England display as well. Was that against Spain the, or something? Was, it? Um, was there a mistake? The Netherlands, the um, the semi-final yeah. of the Nations League, which wasn't great, but then, you know, you saw how England defended in midweek against Kosovo and it's like, oh, actually, maybe John Stones isn't the only reason that they don't defend well. Yeah, he's young enough as well. I mean, you're looking at as a centre half, 20, 24, 25. He is, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. He gets tarnished with a brush that he's meant to be an experienced pro. He's learnt his whole trade already. He's he's always been. The whole whole point is that at City, this is the first season where he can he can really stake a claim as I am in the top two centre backs of the club now, and there's no real argument against him. But yeah, like like Sai said, he needs a bit more luck maybe with injuries. But he's playing for a manager. He's come on leaps and bounds in the Pep Guardiola from the player they, they signed from Everton. And I've, I'm, I'm I, as a City fan, I, from their point of view, I'd say you should feel very confident about the abilities of John Stones. And I guess the only concern is. Norwich are a peculiar side themselves, but Timo Puki is such a physical centre forward, isn't he? And you think about maybe if Fernandinho has to play centre back this this weekend, it would be a very uh, mismatch. Do you think yeah. he'd go for that? You think he'd go for Fernandinho centre half? I think he'd been tempted if it wasn't Norwich in a way. I think it's if I mean they're going to yeah. dominate no matter what. So I don't think there is so much of an issue with Fernandinho playing centre back because you have so little defending to do if City play well. It's difficult because. Then who do you drop? Is it Otamendi you drop or is it? I don't, I don't think you would drop either of them this weekend. No, but I, yeah. I think that, I'd, I'm not sure, Fernandinho might even be a better option to play. But I think you just have to go with Stones and Otamendi. I think it sends up the wrong message if you do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we can't forget that Stones has been injured for the last month. So, you know, he, he, he could say that if, yeah. if he didn't want to play him. But I just think you, you've got to, you know, Laporte's out. You've just got to say, right, these are my main two guys now. These are going to play. Yeah. And again, um, I know we we'll harken back to it, but that first, the Ottomandi and Stones were the centre-back partnership yeah. for about six months when they went on an incredible run, refreshing teams, winning big away games against, no offence to Norwich, but the best attacking sides in the league. Yeah. So I don't think there should be any doubts. It might it might be, it's less than two years ago. Like I know that obviously players are going to sort of regress a bit and you're going to have injury worries and stuff, but Ottomandi yeah. and Stones should be more than enough to, to beat and, Norwich. And no offence to Norwich, but it should be a, an utter mismatch you know they went to Anfield and people said oh maybe they can give Liverpool a game and and, you know they didn't defend well and they didn't attack well and Liverpool beat them I think they've conceded the most shots from open play this season more more than like 12 a game and City are averaging like 13 shots a game and scoring more than they should be yeah. in some instances. Their expected goals is way higher than it should be. It yeah. means one of those, it's the beauty of Norwich is the fact they haven't changed the style and you've got to commend them for that and being yeah. brave. But we saw the other week that teams like Brighton and Bournemouth both adapted their their play because they know that if they try and play against City, they get battered. 
And you worry that if Norwich come out, they might do well. They might score early on, but they probably score. They could easily concede five or six if they yeah. are naive. Yeah, I was going to say that's good from a neutral perspective because you're going to get a team. You're not going to get a team who's just going to sit back and try no, and get. You can't yeah. respect City too yeah. much in that that aspect. But they've got to play sensibly. You can't be. It is about respecting your opponent. And yes, you've got to to some degree throw the respect out the window and say we we deserve to be playing against the best team in in Europe. But uh, but if you if you treat them like a, they're a championship opponent, they're going to absolutely slaughter yeah. you. They they took the game to Chelsea, scored twice against them at home and lost. Yeah, yeah. Because they and, didn't defend well enough. And the thing is, you remember from Norwich's last couple of times in the Prem when they got absolutely tonked by teams. <laughs> sometimes, like I remember every time Liverpool used to play them, Suarez got hat-trick Suarez, and scored yeah. six goals. Yeah, and I really admire Norwich. I like what they've done, but yeah, I think like yeah, they were so impressive in the Championship last season. But any team that comes up, you've got to play. Knows you, you've got to defend well. That has got to be the first thing you you look at because if you don't, then you're very swiftly down before you know it. Yeah. One player I do want to get onto is Kevin De Bruyne. He, if there's anyone who's running away with player of the year, <laughs> even at this stage, and it's probably him, he's, yeah. like, he's like a man possessed at the moment. He made Scotland look like a really bad footballing nation <laughs> of the week, which is incredible talent of him. Uh, yeah, I saw, watched, saw bits of that Belgium game against Scotland and he was just absolutely, just so easy for him. It's like what he does at City. He, he just yeah. walks around... Hardly breaks a sweat. Puts that that second assist. It's just it's ludicrous. Yeah. That's what that's what I mean. Though, but the, the thing about De Bruyne is that he set the bar so high that nothing surprises you anymore. Like his assist, he's like, oh, that's never De Bruyne assist. But if any other player did it, you'd be like, yeah. oh my god, have you seen yeah, what he's just done? Yeah, like, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne just no ball to the box. No. Yeah, yeah. You you don't even need to like lift your head up at a game anymore. If you see that City have scored a really good goal, you're like De Bruyne assist. Yeah. I think the Premier League assist record for a season is something like 20 that was set in yeah. 2002 or something. Is that Thierry Henry, was it? It is, yeah. 2002, 2003. I, don't, I think it's 20 or 21. Yeah. I think he's going to beat it. Oh, yeah. Well, is that ridiculous? He's fit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the exact stat, but it was obviously since he, he joined the Premier League, he had more assists than any other player in that, that time frame. He overtook Ericsson. And that's with a whole season missing. Yeah. You know I mean, like. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, he's, it's scary to think. Yeah, he's got five and Silva's got four and no other player's got more than two in yeah. the league. It's like the Benjamin Mendy effect of last year, isn't yeah. it? It's just like, he's so far and ahead away, but De Bruyne, um, you forget, you forget, I mean, I feel, last season, obviously being injured, I feel like some people forgot just how good he was the year before because Kevin De Bruyne was the best team in the best ever Premier League team, best player, sorry, in the best ever Premier League team. Yeah. And he's back up to it again. And yeah, he looks better than ever as well. I think De Bruyne really is running the shot. I just want to see one of those performances like that Chelsea away win at Bridge, at the Stamford Bridge, where he was the main man, scored the goal, and he ran the whole show. Yeah. I think a nice nice away win against a Tatler, but we've got to wait so long for City to play another big team, really, that. Yeah. Being done to service. Have you seen anything to, to suggest otherwise that it's going to be a similar season to last year, where there's going to be just two City and Liverpool going at it more than 95 points? No. No, I think, you know, Chelsea got battered by United on the opening day and have shown that they're sort of, uh, they're just, they've had a very good defence for a long time and that seems to be missing at the moment. United haven't won since that opening day and have looked just bereft of ideas or entertainment or any sort of positive really other than Daniel James. Do you think this is the biggest gulf between City and United? We've, we've seen in the last 10 years or so in terms of actual playing style and what, what's happening identities just, I mean because even when City were because I think Pellegrini v Moyes that season was 
Yeah. Shockingly big. But you didn't go into it thinking that, did you? So there's two ways of looking at it. Yeah. In terms of ability and what the fans think. Yeah. The 12, the seven points behind already, I think United. Yes. I mean, after I, four games. So annoying because I would love it if the Manchester Derby was next week. Mm. I would just love to see City sort of get into rhythm, get into full flow and United. To but then we were discussing before United play better. Oh yeah, like on on the counter against and they play good against teams. teams. Yeah, it's the struggle of playing so with a bad team, which which really hurts them. But yeah, whereas yeah, every yeah. team looks inferior to City, so it's a different prospect. Yeah, but yeah, I mean Arsenal, Tottenham both showed their uh, flaws, and Tottenham, you know, took points off City, but were battered in that game and have dropped points since. So um, the only problem with City is they set the, like we've said, they set the bar so high the previous two seasons that they're always going to be marked against it. Pep said in the first season, there's no way they'd get close to that again. They did. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you really do need to think that this season, it, I think it will be less points to win the league maybe because I think City and Liverpool, I think there will be a few more drop points along the way, but I think it's still between them and I still think City are the best team in the Premier League. But like you said, those sort of, I think with VAR and those sort of Tottenham games and stuff coming in that I just feel like City's own worst enemies technology and referees still rather than Do you, than do you think more points are going to be dropped than last season? I personally I can't I, just from, I, just I think it's so unsustainable to carry on doing it I think it's too too high Yeah I mean uh, you not, know. not many points maybe another three or four but Yeah I think still I think they're going to get at least 90 I think at least but, 92 or something like Yeah what? But it, it's, you know, it, it's it's, it, it's hard to predict that someone's yeah. going to get 100 points because it's, it's only been done once. That's yeah. the the sort of long and short of it. But they are sort of redefining boundaries of what is normal or achievable. I literally think about this yesterday because whenever you see a football, almost try to predict a game, there's always something in the back of your head saying there's, they can't win. I was just thinking to the end of last season, so many people doubted that City would win all the games in a row, but Pep just knew if we if literally if we win every game, we win the league. Yeah, that's what they did, and that's yeah. the thing about the City. They're so almost automatic in the way, and they just go by almost like not a robotic manner, but they're just so reliable and so well drilled that I, I mean I could easily contradict what I've just said and say, well, actually, yeah, I could see City not losing again all season. And if someone said to me that, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't lose again this didn't lose this season, but. Yeah, but I think they I think they need each other. I think the title race will depend on how they both do because yeah, Liverpool bring the best out of City. We we've spoken about like you know maybe the ninety eight point win being better than the hundred point win, but Liverpool were pushing them every way, demanding that they win every game. Whereas I think that reaching a hundred points when there was just no competition from about December when they won the derby, they had like five months when everyone said they've won the league. And it was so hard for them to sort of keep going and win like another 50 points. Um, so I think if if it's a really close two-horse race, then I think there will be a higher points total than if there's if there's not. Because City do want to win other competitions. So if they've got a bigger lead in the Premier League, there might be more temptation to risk when sort of the uh, the other competitions reach there. Latter stages. They really want to win the checker trade this season. Don't yeah, they? they do. Yeah. Pep said he'll do anything, everything yeah. has power to, to get that working. <laughs> I'm trying to see how that would fit into the end of the, end of the season title for the trophy sure, winners. Yeah. Five middables. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. But uh, I mean, we've almost gone to the end of the podcast without mentioning our good friend VAR. Oh, Referee Chief Mike Riley mentioned how the Premier League's had four VAR errors. 
I mean, the one area that I looked out for was the ones that involved City, and to my surprise, it was only the Lerma one on David Silva that was mentioned. There was no, there was no Rodri penalty, and there was no yeah. handball. Which, yeah, which begs the question: What? How are they determining which ones that they missed and which ones they haven't? I still don't know how the, the, the penalty against Spurs isn't a penalty. The incident, the Rodri one, he's hold down. Yeah, yeah, and what? I'm sure there was another one where they were where they said, "Oh, the referee just." Made a mistake. The VAR just missed it. Uh, oh, it was that um, that handball in the Newcastle game. Was that mentioned as one of the four? Oh, with the build up to the, the Wolves. Who was it? It was... Uh, so It was the same weekend City's... Had- it was the week after. Oh, or, yeah. So Laporte's... City's goal against Tottenham got ruled out because it hit Laporte's yeah. arm. And then but there, was a new- there was an instant in a Newcastle game the where that was- the Newcastle goal was allowed to stand despite yeah. it hitting a hand and the response was, oh, well, the VAR just missed it. And that kind of hammered home, well, with VARs being sort of deemed as like a science, but really it's just another man in another room trying to see things with a camera. Which sort of, if if VAR can still contain human error, then it sort of dilutes its use further. But also the fact that they've had four incidents in four weeks would suggest, well... Something's not right. So you're going to get one bad decision in the league every week. I'm still hoping they get rid of it. I hope it's like this season, <laughs> they just test it out and they realise I mean, they made an error. We'll just, we'll just yeah. forget this season ever happened. And, know, from and then 15 years ago, like, do you remember where VAR in the Premier League? Yeah. Like, City only won by 98 points in the end. They like that. Uh, what was it when Sky brought in, like you could follow a player around for... A player cam, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> 3D cam. glasses as well. Yeah, got 3D. <laughs> Who goes to the pub puts 3D glasses on? <laughs> what, what does that add to the experience? I've got no idea. Oh, I nearly forgot that happened through 3D cam. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. It was the future at one point, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm still not convinced whether it's VAR or human implementation of VAR that's the biggest issue. Yeah. I still have hope that VAR can improve the game, but, but it's been a poor start. Yeah. Like I said, I, I just love, I love coming away from the football and if you've lost, haven't been able to blame the referee rather than your team's ineptitude to score yeah. goals, but it was all his fault. <laughs> man in black in the middle, it was his fault. Yeah. That's what I love. You can't do that the same with people in Stockley Park, can you? No, especially not if they get it right. I love a jammy goal that you shouldn't have scored. There's nothing better than scoring a goal you shouldn't have scored. Yeah. It's the best feeling there is. And if VR is eradicating those at least more so than, you know, that's what, football's injustice. That's what that's what makes it so great and so horrible at the same time for me. But. Yeah, we'll see. No doubt VR will be a topic of discussion on Monday when we sit back down to discuss the Norwich yeah. game. I mean, we can record some VAR. <laughs> yeah. If you want to clip it in and see how bad it was because... There'll be something, they'll, you know, there'll be something, there'll be some handball, there'll be maybe a, I don't know, I don't know, who cares, City will... Took the gloss off City's 6-1 win, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, I think, like Sai said then, it's got, for me, I wouldn't be surprised not to get one this weekend, but I still think maybe four or five to City. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. We'll move forward. Thank you very much, Sai. Thank you, Rich. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone, Ash. for joining us. We'll be back... As we've just said, we'll be back after the Norwich game, probably on Monday, maybe Tuesday. But until then, if you haven't already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, whichever platform you do listen to us on. And you can give us your feedback on the Man City MEN Twitter page. Until next week, thank you.